Hey guys, what's going on? G-Man here. Thank you so much for downloading this week's episode of The Bullpen Cart, presented by Thunderblogsports.com. Greg Piatelli and I recap MLB Week 15. We go through the hot and cold teams, the top players of the week, some stadium snacks, a bunch of bleacher creatures. We try to unravel what's going on in the National League and figure out the three-team wildcard race the American League is shaping up to be. There's a ton of fun to record. Really looking forward to hearing what you think in the comments. But make sure you go subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a nice review, five stars only. Find us on Twitter, ThunderBLG, Thunderblog Sports on Instagram and Facebook, ThunderBlogSports.com, of course, is where you can find all of our great blogs. But enjoy this week's episode. Thanks again. And we are live. Welcome to this week's episode of the Bullpen Cart. Presented by ThunderBlogSports.com, I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell, and joining me is my man, all the way up from Boston, Massachusetts, Greg Piatelli. How are you, my friend? Waiting for this heat to break. Uh, I'm so over 95, 98, 100 degrees in uh, a major city such as Boston, despite being on the ocean, still super hot and humid, uh... Can't wait. Uh, everyone knows I'm a big sweatshirt guy. So the fall is my favorite time of year, coming up soon. Obviously, you know, I like the beach and everything, but I hate sweating. So the price we yeah. pay. Hey, you know, it's it's coming up soon. You know, uh, not as much humidity at night. Uh, and, and we'll get there. I mean, it's August officially. We're past the non-waiver trade deadline. We were kind of right on some of our, of some of our picks. We can get back to that, but... You know, Hall of Fame game's been played, so we're getting back into the final stretches of the football, non-football part of the year. Uh, so we'll we'll be, uh, you know, at a short sleeve sweatshirt weather soon, Greg. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, but let's talk baseball. We can uh, allude to our football coverage at the end of the show, but let's talk it. MLB Week 15. We're through the trade deadline. What were your thoughts coming out of last week, Greg? With Everything that happened with the trades. You guys got Ian Kinsler. There are a number of different other trades that went on. What were your instant thoughts? I was surprised there weren't more moves made. I think, um, you know, a big thing in Boston was how everyone was saying the Red Sox did not go out and get a bullpen arm, which is what they needed. And, you know, that's true and this and that. And, you know, in a five-game series, seven-game series, especially how the playoffs have gone, uh, over the years past, especially how, you know, starters last sometimes less than not even a full inning like uh, Severino last year or, or you know, three innings or any crazy amount. You need a strong bullpen. Um, and the fact that the Red Sox did not show it up, had people a little worried. But other than that, um, you know, I thought, for example, Houston got better. Cleveland made some moves to fine-tune some things. Um, you know, Phillies obviously uh, added a nice bat, which has helped them so far. Um, the Brewers made some pretty good moves, and the Diamondbacks. I think uh, you're already seeing those those positive moves uh, helping them out already, uh, turning out for the better. Um, but other than Machado, I feel like we were robbed of big names being moved. 
Yeah, I know. It's it's kind of weird because Chris Archer got moved to the Pirates, which was kind of came out of nowhere. You would have thought maybe he got moved to a big name or a big big market name that was you know, either in first or in the hunt for first place. Yeah, and if um, you're the Pirates, how does that help? Yeah, exactly. I mean, the Pirates are – we talked about them last week. That I think they were – an honorable mention of a hot team of the week. And they're, they're right there. They were right in the thick of it. They're, they're hanging in there right now in the central there. Um, seven and a half games back, but really right in that wild card chase. Um, hanging kind of about four and a half games behind the LA Dodgers for the second wild card spot. But you know, they're, they also got a leapfrog, a lot of teams. They cooled off a bit. Um, so we'll see. I mean, you know, a lot of the bigger names did get moved before the trade deadline. Cole Hamels, someone we knew was going to get moved, went to the Cubs. Manny Machado, you talked about before. So yeah, it was it was interesting. A lot of a lot of lesser names getting moved. I mean, the Phillies went out and got a, a bullpen guy from the uh, Blue Jays, Aaron Loop, who I hadn't heard too much about before the Phillies went out and got him. And and he's made a couple appearances, looked kind of sharp. He's a lefty, which is nice. But I mean, it's interesting, but. Now, with the, the waiver period happening, we're starting to see more names get moved. Uh, the A's have made a number of moves. They got Mike Fires today from the Tigers, and I think it was either Sunday night or Sunday morning they got Sean Kelly from the Washington Nationals. So uh, we might start seeing some more names getting moved. We talked about this in, before and in, in thinking that there might be some more uh, nuanced trades that happen in this waiver period. So – We'll see what happens. It could be pretty interesting how it all goes. Yeah, no, and uh, you know that's a big thing you talked about last week, and you were spot on. Um, you know, the waiver period is is, and when does it end officially? Do you know? Uh, August thirty first, oh, and then it's the and then rosters expand. It's the whole month they have people have. Yeah, they have the whole month, and the way that it basically works is that any team can put any player on waivers, and they have 48 hours to clear. And if a team so chooses to absorb a player's contract within that 48 hour period, they can do that. They just take on the contract and the other team doesn't get anybody for them. Uh, If they clear that, that 48 hour period, then they have cleared waivers and are available to be traded. Uh, Most teams, you know, put a large number of their players on waivers because if they are claimed and they're going to get absorbed by another team, they can retract that player. Now the nuance is, is that if a player gets claimed and you retract him, then he cannot be traded. He can't be re-put on waivers. Right. No, so, I mean, it just adds to the whole thing of it's a business. It's a business, nothing personal. You know, it just adds to that whole ordeal of professional sports, but it's exciting because, there is really no trade deadline. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, we've talked about this a number of times before. If, say, there was no second wild card team, I mean, I know the Dodgers are only, I think it's a couple games back of the Brewers for the first wild card spot. But then if you're a team like the Nationals or the Pirates, who, who as we mentioned, they're about uh, they're six and a half behind the Brewers and they're four and a half, it looks like, behind the Dodgers. Um, you know, then, then they have, oh, so many teams that they have to hopscotch. They have to hopscotch the Dodgers, the Rockies, the Giants, the Cardinals, just to get a, just to try to get over the, to over the Brewers for that fourth and final spot. So it certainly helps out a lot with that. And 
and definitely keeps a lot of other teams in the hunt. Um, so that that buy and sell hard line uh, just gets moved a little bit further down the list, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, 100%. And I think uh, it's a great point because, you know, even especially in the National League where it is so wide open, the American League is pretty much set in stone outside of the second wild card spot. And, um, you know, that's really a three-team race, if we're being honest. Um, it could be just – it could be all three wild card spots, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. There's only two wild card spots. Or all both wild card spots, I mean, rather. No, I know, but that's – You were saying – I fucked up and saying all three. Uh, you're right; it's a three-team race. I was saying both wild card spots because you were saying it was arguably just the second wild card. Right, 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 right. Yeah, um, my bad. I fucked that up. No, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, you make a really good point. The American League's a little more uh, set in stone. We saw that a little bit last year, uh, um, and it's nice to see some of these teams hanging in there, uh, or some of these teams, you know, starting to move away. Maybe we might see somebody make a charge, but. The only team I could maybe see doing that is the Angels, and, and they have not looked very good in the last yeah, couple so, weeks. So Exactly. So it helps some of these National team, national League teams like the Nationals and the Pirates and the Cardinals and even the Giants and, you know, you could argue the Rockies who are on the edge trying to trying to get into at least one of the two wildcard spots. But at the same time, is it worth it um, mortgaging your future for a second wildcard spot for essentially a play-in game? Um, you know, it is what it is, but – Jordy, let's uh, let's get into it. Yeah, let's do hot teams. We'll start in the American League. Greg, I'm going to start with you since I'm pretty sure I know who you, who you're going to pick. So fire away, my man. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure how you choose a team that has won. Uh, don't choose a team that's won nine of the last ten, uh, which would be the Boston Red Sox, also the team that just completed a four-game sweep of their rivals, the Yankees, expanding their lead in the American League East to nine and a half games. Uh, 11 games, Jordy, yes, 11 games in the win column. Um, the largest divisional lead in baseball. The largest. Um, and, you know, outside of an eight, winner eight of the last ten, but like I said, not uh, sorry, eight of the last nine, um, they three out of four from the Twins, split with the Phillies, and then uh, four in a row versus the Yankees. Great little homestand they have here. Uh, had here, I should say, hitting the road now, going to Toronto and then Baltimore. Uh, some more uh, inter-division play. But, I mean, what's to be said that hasn't been said before about the Red Sox? This time they did with their pitching. Um, started with Porcello. Uh, or Brian Johnson getting a spot start because Chris Sale went on the DL with some shoulder tiredness. Hopefully he'll be back. Uh, it's a little concerning, the, in- the injuries with the Red Sox last week, but they've really been winning – and getting a lot of these uh, make-or-break wins uh, with these secondary players. And that's really a true championship team. I mean, they're able to win with despite injuries, right? They're able to, to win and, and have plug-and-play guys really help out and, and fill in. And, you know, you could argue even the Capitals uh, in hockey with their backup goalie and then obviously Holby took over and then you know, obviously uh, the Eagles with their backup quarterback and um, – you know, and a lot of other backups too. People forget that not just Carson Wentz was a, a big injury for the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, uh, Patriots had injury too, injuries as well. Every every team does, so it's just a matter of uh, if those backups can can come in and make a difference. And and shout out to Big V. Yeah, a positive difference, and uh, the Red Sox have been able to do that. 
and the Dodgers too, just to keep it on baseball, they've been yeah. able to do that and they're tied for their division. Yeah. They, and they did it last year too. So, yeah. um, Jordy, um, what can be said about a team that, uh, everyone's all over Jordy. Tell me, tell me, uh, the other hot team in the American league. Well, so before I do that, I wanted to ask you a question. Cause I was thinking about this today. You're nine and a half games up on the Yankees. The Yankees right now are the first wild card team. There's no more. You don't play a team from your division in the first in the divisional round because of the uh, the two wild card team system. So, if the Yankees win the wild card game against my hot team of the week, would it upset you that it's an only a five game series? I know you just took four in a row, but if you're or in a follow up question, if you're baseball, does this make expanding the playoffs and make the divisional round a seven game series? an actuality in terms of what they talk about the winter meetings. Cause that I mean, gets the five, the, the five so games, much more viewership. So the, the five game series is what it is. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where how many, most teams have five starters, right? Yeah. And so the number five, I guess makes sense. Um, but you'd start your ACE in a game five. You want to move on. And yeah, you're only, you're only starting three, but I'm saying is like, you know, a seven game series, you see a fourth pitcher. So the quality of baseball really, you know what I mean? If that makes sense. So like sure. in a four, in a seven game series, you get your fourth string starter. It, it, unless you, you know, unless somehow your starter can go on short rest, but the quality of, of the starts may not be as good. And as a fan, are you, are you wanting your, your best versus the other team's best? Or are you wanting your fourth guy in the depth chart? facing off against the other team's fourth guy in the depth chart. And I guess that's where baseball is so much different uh, than all the other sports is because as much as it is a team sport, it is very individual based in terms of starters and starting pitching and uh, relief pitching. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not nervous about a five-game series, if that's what what you're trying to ask. Um, Wasn't there? I was more thinking because – I was more thinking because we always talk about baseball so much better when the Yankees and Red Sox are good, which is absolutely true. It's like Tiger Woods being good in golf. Nothing moves the dial like the Red Sox and the Yankees. Right. So if you're baseball, if you're Major League Baseball, even if the product goes down in game four because the fourth starter is starting, they're getting however many more eyeballs on those games of the Yankees and the Red Sox. And they could make so much more ad revenue. So I was just thinking on a business standpoint, would they maybe want to explore that? Just to get them playing each other more? I'm, I'm sorry. No, just to, I mean, because of the fact that now the likelihood of the Yankees and the Red Sox playing in the divisional series comparatively to the ALCS yeah. becomes just as likely instead of impossible. Because previously with one wild card, they couldn't play each other in the first round. Yeah. No, and so, I, I think I think it's it, it, or in the wild card game if somehow the the Rays or the Blue Jays become good in the next couple of years. Well, it's also yeah, and it's also the same thing in terms of like Houston and Oakland or you know Houston Seattle whatever. So it's just a matter of sure. I, I think it's a, it's like if this if the second best team in baseball, like if the Yankees had the second best record, but they were the wild card, then yes, you could argue that it's uh unfair i'm not arguing about unfair or not unfair because we can go into that in a completely separate podcast because that's actually a rare is a something i've wanted to always kind of go into especially with hockey 
Well, I was just saying, do you think baseball would want to explore it just for the possibility of having no, the Yankees? No, I think, it's, for two I, think it's, I think it's a great thing because, as we mentioned, you know, it's a matter of if the Yankees had the second-best record in the American League – uh, with their two games, essentially, yeah, two two wins. They they're uh, one game, I guess, behind the Astros for the second best record in the American League. Um, so, if the Yankees had the second best record in the American League, would it be unfair for the Yankees and Red Sox to play in the second round? Sure, a hundred percent. And but that's the structure of that's the structure of it. That's the unfortunate unfortunateness, I guess, is the right word. I don't know if that's the right word. Sure. But, um, you know, the NFL does a good job of reseeding, right? They do a good yeah. job of reseeding after every round. I think, yeah, I think it is something for baseball to consider. But at the same time, if the Yankees are the wild card, they would be the lowest seed. So, well, I'm mine was more of just the adding the games, but that's also a really good point of reseeding. I'm, I'm a big fan of that. But anyway, I'm going to move on, pick my hot team. My hot team, I alluded to it before, would be the team that would play right now the Yankees in the second or in the wild card game. The Oakland Athletics, who are the winners of six straight games, we've made the uh, illusion before they've – or alluded to it before, rather. They just made a number of different trades. They went out and got Yuri's Familia, who, by the way, has appeared in nine games and has not let up a run just yet. So good on him. Uh, he's looked, He's been a very good pickup. I, I think they got – they basically just paid cash to get him from the Mets. Um so, I mean, they've been doing exactly what they need to do. They are, Greg, 31 games above 500, 67 and 46. They're a team that are going pretty much under the radar. We mentioned them last week, but these guys have a plus 59 run differential, winners of six straight, seven in their last 10. They're 10 games above 500 at home and 11 games above 500 on the road. They play more road games, uh, but even in the – Whatever whatever Coliseum it is now, it's not O.co. I think it's just the Coliseum. Uh, they're still doing well, which is kind of a weird ballpark to play in because it's also where the Raiders currently play. So it's mm-hmm. one of those weird hybrid football, baseball stadiums. Right. Uh, but, I mean, good, good on them. You know, uh, they have a number of different guys from their squad firing away, whether it's Chris Davis, who we knew was going to have a lot of home runs. He's already at 31 and 86 RBIs. Matt Chapman, their third baseman's batting 271. He's had his his fair share of homers. He's almost slugging 500. So, I mean, these guys are doing well. And the crazy thing, too, their pitching staff is pretty good, but they haven't solidly had a number of, you know, aces. They only have Sean Manea, the guy that threw the no-hitter, that's made, you know, the bulk of his starts throughout the year. So, they've had a couple injuries. They've definitely made some trades from it, but – Taking three out of four in Houston is fantastic. They played six straight games against the Giants, uh, all within the Bay, and took four of six there. Four games swept the the Rangers, then lost three out in Colorado before beginning their six-game winning streak at home. And they're scoring a lot of runs with it, too, and, and putting up shutouts when they need to. So, I mean, these guys are dangerous. They're definitely for real. And it's going to be a shame if the Mariners turn it on a little bit and if they can surpass the athletics and they miss it. Cause this team's a lot of fun to watch and their highlight t- reel is the epitome of chicks dig the long ball. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that I, you know, to be wary of, especially with the athletics is the fact that you could say they have a six game win streak, but they beat the tigers who are miserable and the blue Jays who are also miserable Sure. Um, so, I mean, the Tigers have a losing record. Blue Jays have a, have a losing record. So it's just a matter of, for me, 
Uh, yes, Oakland is a good team. Yes, they're a team to look out for. But um, and yes, they're playing good baseball right now and have been all year. And certainly a team that I mean, like we meant, I've mentioned them multiple times on here. The Red Sox, I think, went over versus them for the season, or you know, they definitely lost the season series uh, for them, and that obviously that ended early in the season that we talked about. So they scare me more than anything else, but um, you know, they, it's tough because it's sort of like who outside of Chapman, you know, uh, who's their, who's their big offensive name, Jed Lowry, you know, who's Chris Davis. I just mentioned him. No, I know, but I'm saying Chris, but he wasn't good until he got traded there. Right. Oh, Chris Davis. Chris Davis, the center fielder, right? The, yeah, the- with a K. You're not not Chris Davis from the Orioles, the one that right. people buy, buy shots from. But what I'm saying, what my my point is that like he's no, they don't have the Mookie Betts, the JD Martinez, the Mike Trout's, the the Aaron Judge. You know, they it's the small ball, it's the it's yeah, it's the home runs, but it's, it's the money ball. The uh, yeah, the unnamed. You know, has that feel like uh, they're a team that's going to contend, but a team that probably won't win. The World Series. They may make some noise in the playoffs, uh, maybe upset a team, but I'm not sure they're going to win the World Series personally. Sure, but uh, certainly a team to look out for. The only thing that I'm scared of for them, at least, is the fact that, uh, as you mentioned, three team race between the Yankees, the uh, Athletics, and the Mariners for the for the two wild card spots, and the Mariners are two games back, so uh, three in the win column, two in the loss column. So uh, the Mariners could, you know. It could be a team that you and I are talking about in a second, in a moment here, but uh, it is a three-team race, and you never know what could happen. So, Jordy, honorable mention before we move on to cold teams of the week has to be the Cleveland Indians, uh, yeah, a team absolutely. that we haven't, yeah, a team we haven't talked about. It simply because they've had their division pretty much wrapped up uh, for a while now. Uh, Minnesota's flirting a little bit, but that's about as uh, as close as they got. But the Indians, uh, winners of seven of their last ten. Um, specific, more specifically, uh, you know, two out of three from the Angels, beat the Twins two out of three, two out of three from the Tigers, uh, sort of just winning the last three series in a row, and and certainly, uh, well, the nice thing too with them is that they had a really bad road record, and they've clawed that back up to five hundred, which yeah, is big. Yeah, you don't want to have that when you go into a playoff series and. If they're the three seed, they're gonna have they're not gonna have home field advantage in either round, right. unless the wild card team upsets the one seed. But I mean, you you if you're struggling on the road against Houston or Boston, they're they're both very good at home, and that's that's not gonna bode well for you. Yeah, no, and they're definitely going to be the uh, the three seed. So yeah. um, you're right. I th- I think. Uh, the, the scary part is, is that they're a team that has enough offense and has the starting pitching and even the bullpen uh, to do some serious damage and make a deep, deep run, if not win it. Uh, we saw that a couple years ago. Pretty much the same core. So I, a scary team in the playoffs if they're playing this baseball. Uh, hopefully they sustain and don't peak. Um then this is the time where we see a lot of people. I mean, the team that they're plus a hundred, Jordy. I mean, they're they're plus a hundred, which is right there with the Yankees. So, in terms of run differential, so not only uh, it's the runs against their pitching is unbelievable. They're matching the cover off the ball as well. So, a team to look out for. Uh, the American League, it's already set. 
and it's not as exciting. But the three teams, I guess all six teams that are in it, uh, or have the possibility of making it very easily, uh, the top three or four very easily could win the World Series. So, oh, absolutely, Jordy, cold team of the week, American League. Who you got? Uh, I'm going to go with the easy one. I'm going to go with the New York Yankees. Obviously, just coming off of the four-game loss on the road to your Red Sox. Um, and outside of that, too, it's they'd been playing some good baseball ahead of time, but but really hadn't faced true quality opponents. Uh, they took three or four from the Royals, who are in order for the Royals to not lose a hundred games they'd have to go basically 500 throughout the rest of the season and their uh 306 is their winning percentage right now then they split one uh, two game series because their third game got postponed with the Mets split it with the Indians on the road um and you know they lost two or threes or before that from the Rays so I mean some shaky baseball from the Yanks they're still obviously pumping out the offense their pitching looks pretty good but I mean uh, that that series with the Red Sox was definitely a, a time to put up or shut up, and you lose fifteen to seven on a night where you have the as you called him a Red Sox killer pitching, and they end up losing fifteen to seven, then four one, four one, five four, and the Red Sox had that huge comeback at the very end of the game. Uh, so you know it's it's definitely a little um, insult to injury with our our guy, Mister Candlelight Vigil, Aaron Judge on the DL. Yeah, and, that, and if you listen to the home that Homer Alex Rodriguez, uh, who's supposed to be impartial as the ESPN analyst, if you listen to him talk uh, in his, by the way, Sunday Night Baseball, he decides to wear a blue a suit with gray pinstripes on it, uh, a gray tie and a white shirt, and you're telling me you're not a Homer? If you hear that, it's it's because Aaron Judge was out. That's the only reason why. But the the Red Sox got to Severino. Uh, it was a pitching duel, which was good. Or they didn't get to Severino, but they but he got outpitched at the end of the day by Porcello. Um, they did get to CC, which is a very rare uh, moment. And Tanaka always does well against them, and and uh, so they were able to. The Red Sox were able to get to the Yankees bullpen, which was huge um, and a big sign. But yeah, the Yankees definitely, as you mentioned, um, good choice for a cold team, just based on recent. You know, you can't lose that many games in a row, but. Yeah, if you're a New York fan, I wouldn't be worried. My cold team of the week, Jordy, would be Seattle Mariners, yeah. as mentioned. Um, yeah, I kind of alluded to it, but they – three of seven for the last ten. Um, now, as I mentioned, three games win-wise, uh, three less wins than the Athletics out of their division and out of the playoff uh, second wild card, if you will. Two games back in the loss column. So, team that uh, – Struggled against the Blue Jays, to say the least. Uh, a Blue Jays team that that is brutal, and they definitely should have uh, should have beaten. Um, sorry, not lost. Their kind of their their deal is their pitching hasn't been the best this year. Uh, we've talked about it a ton. They have a negative run differential, and they're 16 games above 500. So I mean, their luck rating is probably one of the highest we've ever seen. Um, yeah. But they let so, up seven runs, seven runs, five runs, three runs, all to this Blue Jays squad uh, at home too, which is it's kind of kind of tough. Um, and, and that's a team that that really doesn't have a lot of the offensive pieces that we saw from the Blue Jays a couple years ago when they were you know making a run to the ALCS. So I mean, tough tough look there if you're if you're the Mariners. 
Yeah, and you know Robinson Cano with with who knows what he'll be what he will be like when he comes back, but does know, begin his rehab tonight. Uh, okay, so it's just a matter of will he come back in time? Will he ignite them to to catch up and sort of get in that that second wild card? It'll be interesting to see between the Athletics, the Mariners, um, and I guess now the Yankees. Sort of interesting to see. Uh, how things shake up here at the end of the end of the season. So that'd be my cold team of the week. Hopefully they can turn it around. Jordy national league. Um, unless you got something else, national league, hot team of the week. What do you got? Uh, I'm going to go with the St. Louis Cardinals as my pick winners of seven of their last 10 really bringing themselves back into this wild card race and kind of in the central race uh, with the Cubs, winning five of their last 10 and the Brewers six of their last 10. So Kwan slowly, but surely, but really in that wild card chase, they are now only, uh, what is that? Five, four games back of the Braves for the second wild card spot. Uh, they, I mean, we mentioned it before with the, with the pirates, they still have a number of teams to hopscotch to get to the number, the number two, uh, spot, including the Rockies, uh, the Giants are right on their tail. The Nationals are right on their tail. That would have been another good pick. But uh, the Cardinals, though, they're they're starting to look a little better. They've they've lost a couple players to injury throughout the season. They traded away a couple guys, uh, as we know. Um, but we'll you know we'll see how they end up going. Uh, they've played a lot of different teams through the Central, but they've started to do pretty well. They took care of the Pirates, who we talked about before, a team that made a trade and wanted to be a buyer. And the, the Cardinals kind of said, no, we're, we're still in this. Don't forget about us. Uh, and Matt Carpenter crushing the ball now has 29 homers leading the NL, but uh, they really need some, some help as a, a guy to go to in terms of their number one uh, RBI guy, but I guess spread the wealth or they have over 500 runs. So you can't really complain too much. Yeah, uh, good pick. Um, definitely a team in that central division that uh, is hanging in there, as as you mentioned the Pirates earlier. Um, hanging in there and, and on the outside looking in for the wild card, especially with how strong the West and the East uh, teams have been. So they're going to have to make a run quickly. Um, oh, for sure. The most surprising thing, I think, you know, they're just playing 500 ball, and that's, you can't make the playoffs if you're playing 500 ball. No. Plain and simple. So, uh, yeah. For me, Jordy, uh, I was going to pick the Phil- – I was not going to pick the Phillies because I thought you were going to pick them. Uh, so, I think we should give them an honorable mention. They've won five in a row, including the best team in baseball, three and one. Right. They split with them. But swept the Marlins. I know they're supposed to, but uh, swept the Marlins. Sweep's a sweep, man. Sweep's hard to do, especially four games. Four games, sweep is hard to do. I mean, the Red Sox just did it to uh, the Yankees, who had the second best record in baseball. It's okay. Um, but my hot team of the week, uh, the Washington Nationals, Jordy. Good pick. Good uh, pick there. Yeah, thank you. For uh, clarification, we'll get to Phillies talk in a little bit for you Phillies fans waiting. We 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 talked about the Nationals last week about how if they weren't going to make a run, they should sell everything and – it's weird because they're playing really well, but yet they gave up one of their bullpen arms. So Sean Kelly. So a little confused by it, but uh, a team that crushed the Mets twenty-five to four, uh, and then five-three the next day. 
uh, beat the Reds three out of four games. So um, good on them there. And one of those a doubleheader, I believe, if I have that correct. And uh, you know, just just sort of a team that needed needed a game like a twenty five four shellacking of the Mets. Yeah. Uh, they needed always they, helps. Always something like that. Always always helps for sure. Now, Jordy, speaking of the Reds and Mets, to go off a little tangent here, I've just been slipped a note. Uh, I'm not sure if you were aware of this. Mm-hmm. The Reds and the Mets are playing right now. Uh, yes, and if I'm not mistaken, Matt Harvey is scheduled to pitch. Let's uh let's confirm this. I'm loading up the game. He might be pitching right now, and he might be getting killed by the Mets. It's three nothing. No, no, Matt. he's not pitching. No, he's not pitching this game. The, oh, the pitcher later in the series. The third game, he's he's because he was on he was on what he was injured, right? Yeah, he was. He's a, he a little, oh, little banged up. He's their probable starter right now. I got a little note from. Oh, uh, oh, oh. I slipped a little note from uh, from a friend who uh, my roommate. For, for those out there, my roommate who happens to be a Met fan, low-key Met fan, that Matt Harvey is the probable starter versus DeGrom uh, on their Wednesday game at the on the 8th, Wednesday, August 8th. So return to City Field, Jordy? Could it be possible? No, no, watch. No, no, watch 7, 18. I mean, what do you think? DeGrom versus Harvey? I mean, slipped a little note again by my roommate, a uh, big Met fan, but uh, what do you think? I don't know, man. That might be that ESPN should be there. They should be there with Tim Tebow <laughs> uh, sitting on the bench in his arm sling or whatever the hell his injury is. Just get everything, everything to get eyeballs on this TV. <laughs> Pay the umpire like a million dollars to call everything strikes. A pitch that hits the fucking bull, it, it's a strike. A pitch that's fat, a home run is a strike. He's out. He's out. He hit, a, he hit it too far. He didn't, he didn't let it, somebody catch it. Sit down. I mean, the Reds team that was the hot team of the week last week. So I don't know, Jordy. I don't know. Yeah. The Reds have cooled off, unfortunately. They had had such a great July and kind of fizzled for sure. So, yeah, Jordy, let's get into uh, Phillies talk. Unless you got your, or sorry, who's your cold team of the National League? Do you already say it? Um, yeah. Well, it's tough. I'm going to take the, the Pirates. We talked about them before. Uh, kind of a, a weird addition of adding uh, adding Chris Archer, and he's hanging around right there. Uh, but these guys, I mean, their offense is it's good, but their the rest of their starting staff is is pretty suspect at best. Um, and you know, it's it'll it'll be interesting of, of how they how they go forward. I mean, they'd been so hot coming into getting that trade. They took five straight from the Brewers. They swept the Reds. They s- nearly swept the Indians. Uh, took two of four from the Mets. Split the Cubs. One, and then they lose the. The two or three from the the Cardinals, they're going to sit uh, to um, Coors Field right now and uh, or to, tomorrow or tonight. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I mean, that's a pretty pivotal matchup for the wild card chase and, and how that'll all go because they are only you know they're only like two games back of the the Rockies who themselves are two games back of the Dodgers for the first wild card spot and. I need to do the math here, but it looks like about three games back of the Braves. So they're not completely out of it yet. 
they can they can certainly start to claw themselves back, but they'll need that pitching staff to really buckle down because they're one of the the only teams that's above 500 to have allowed over 500 runs. The others, the Rockies, and we talk about them and, and the Coors Field effect a lot. So uh, a little bit of a concern there. They've allowed one less run than the Mets, who lost 25 to six last week to the to the uh, Washington Nationals. So think about that for a second. Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> crazy. Um, the thing that's the thing that strikes me so odd about the National League is no one's really setting themselves apart. You know, all these teams are basically playing big, 500. big ebb and flow league this year. Yeah, basically playing five hundred ball. I mean, you could argue with the exception of of some of the top teams, but basically playing five hundred ball at least recently, I should say. And uh, yeah, like you said, big ebb and flow, and and no team is really taking it by the by the by the horns, if you will, like the Astros and the Red Sox have in the East. So it's interesting that I don't think there's a favorite coming out of the West or the National League right now. I really don't. Um, I know I know the Phillies are trying to claim their underdogs, but you could argue with the, the second most wins in the National League, they are one of the favorites. So it's because no one is well, no one's not giving them the respect. They're not in the top ten on the power rankings. That's why they feel like they're underdogs. Oh, my God. The power rankings? Are you serious? Yeah, ESPN lies. We've already established it here. The power rankings? You got A-Rod talking about how good the Yankees are and doesn't even mention the team that's, that four games swept them. Doesn't even say their name once. A-Rod tried to claim that him and Veritek are friends now. Get out of here. Oh. ESPN doesn't put them on the, the depth chart. I've ever heard. <laughs> ESPN oh. put them on the depth chart. They're not underdogs. I I'm so done with Philly fans. I mean, not Philly fans, but Philadelphia fans. Ugh. Ugh. Well, what's great is that somebody put this up on Twitter of uh, football fans, Eagles fans need to shut up till they win a ring. And now six months later, oh man, fuck these Phillies fans. I'm so sick of them. Well, you told us to shut up until we won a ring, so it's your fault. Well, listen. I have I, listen. I have a lot of friends who are who are from Philly and 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 are fans of Philadelphia sports. I have no problem with that. The problem is the creating the narrative, creating this like, oh, we're underdogs when we have the second best record in the National League. Get the f out of here. Yeah, you're winning before, like earlier than expected. You're winning before teams thought everyone else thought you would. But so did the Yankees last year. And guess what? You know, no one picked them to win, but they still said this is an amazing run. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. The Phillies weren't supposed to be this good this year, and they are. Yeah, ESPN power rankings. ESPN power rankings. Get out of here. Take a manager. Give me a manager's power ranking. Everyone knows it's Gabe the Babe. Gabe the Babe is the reason why they're doing well. I know. And 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 where were the Philly fans in the beginning of the season? Trashing Gabe the Babe. They booed him in game two. Get out of here. Gabe the Babe. They booted him in the home opener Yeah, because of the fucking Brave, that first Brave series. Exactly. Gabe the Babe is, is, needs to be recognized for the greatness and, and realize that people he, – he's, he was on the Red Sox, so he should be loved because of that. It's a little too positive at times, but I still love him. I love Gabe the Babe. Oh, good. I'm glad you're embracing the name. Call into local radio, Jordy, and get people to recognize Gabe the Babe. That's his name. Yeah. All the women – There's no reason why the Phillies are doing so well, Greg. Aaron fucking Nola. All right, here we go. Let's go. Get into it, Jordy. As as finally seeing the Phillies, uh, well, I guess I watched a little bit, but seeing them uh, two-game series against the Red Sox, I got to see 
the two star pitchers for them, uh, bullpen was shaky, but Sir Anthony, he delivered in both games. Love the guy. But, yeah, Jordy, give me a – sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Give me uh, no. You're good. Give me, give, give me our guy who, who both of us, uh, especially me, not you, uh, me more than you, uh, was the Cy Young for me uh, nationally. Give me, give me, give me some stats about Nola here. Aaron Nola in 23 starts, 148 innings pitched. He's got a whip of .99. Batters are batting sub 200 against him. He has a WAR of 6.9, the second highest of all players in the National League. ERA of 2.37. The guy mows people down. People got a little concerned that maybe maybe his fastball is slowing up. Whatever. He throws the changeup. Throws the two-seamer. Gives him a little bit of spin. Throws the curveball. It looks great. It's fantastic. Bullpen looking sharp in July. Carried it over into August. You had my boy Aaron Loop, who I talked about, who's only made one appearance, and I saw it on Friday night. Not a big deal. But he uh, <laughs> he walked the only guy he saw, or actually hit him by a pitch. So technically, uh, he has not gotten an out yet. But so uh, – little infinite on all of his his stats in the National League. But that being said, the rest of the bullpen has looked sharp. Zach Eflin, Pavetta, and Velasquez rotate who they want to be the uh, the guy. And the other guy is still pretty good, and the other guy is a little shaky. Right now, the guy of the, the bottom three in the rotation is Velasquez. Eflin mania, a little shaky, but still pretty great. Pavetta, a little shaky, but still mows people down. He only has three Less strikeouts than uh, Nola in nearly 35 innings pitched less. So pretty awesome there. And we, of course, cannot forget about Jake Arrieta, the guy who did beat the Red Sox, although Nola should have gotten a win. Odubel Herrera kind of fucked that for the Phillies last Monday. But Arietta really showing why the Phillies went out and got him. They were able to really negotiate it. We've talked about that deal a ton. ERA of 3.32, whip of 1.24. Really able to get a lot of those ground balls. He doesn't have a ton of strikeouts, but that's never what he was really you know, known for. Um, letting up a, a number of home runs. He's let up 11, which is a little concerning, but uh, especially when it's two less than Velasquez, who's normally yeah, so a big uh, home run guy. But 12 quality starts out of 21, so pretty happy there. You're talking about shaky, shaky guys. I mean – if they're not aces, if they're not the top two guys, not top two aces, that's what you need. Three, four. I mean, yeah, you need a strong third guy, but your four and five guys should be should be serviceable 500, 500 ball starters anyway. So and they are. Yeah. So you know they're doing their Our starting job. pitching is the MVP of the team right now. I talked about that a little bit in my Phillies blog today, but oh, go check it out. Where can I where can I find that Phillies? Yeah, blog? thunderblogsports.com. You know it. You know the site. Thunder BLG on Thunder BLG on Twitter, you know it. But yeah, the, the our boy Sir Anthony Dominguez, he did get a blown save yesterday. Like uh, Sir Anthony, yeah, he got a blown save yesterday because uh, basically he throws absolute fire. And Justin Bohr, all he had to do, and that guy's a fucking mammoth anyway. All he had to do was slap at it, and the ball just kept carrying out of the ballpark. So there's nothing Sir Anthony could have done there. It's all that shit they used to talk about with. Uh, uh, Steven Strasburg when he first came out that all you had to do was like check swing and it would fly out. It's basically that same sort of deal. He's got a war of 2.1 so can't really be too upset there. ERA of 2.03 um, whip of 0.8 so that's pretty solid so 
definitely uh, the 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 guy in the bullpen. They won't name him the closer outright. He came in the seventh inning yesterday or the eighth inning. Um, no, the seventh inning. So it's it's a uh, Gabe the Bay. The that's probably the one criticism I'd give him is that he rotates through when he wants to use different guys in different innings. So that's probably the one thing that I that I would knock him for. Um, but I mean, he and the pitching st- and the pitching coaching staff have done a great job of getting those bullpen guys in some sort of mood. Gabe Kapler is a big positive guy. Um, he definitely does that in the locker room. Sometimes with the media, it can be a little overly positive, but you know, so be it. Um, well, Philly's so negative, so someone's got to be happy. Hey, I'm a happy guy. Anyway, Greg, I want to tell you this: it was Alumni Weekend this past weekend. At what? At what school? At not not at, at the Phillies. We're ah, talking about the Phillies. Phillies Alumni Weekend. Yeah, it's Phillies Alumni Weekend. So yesterday was Alumni Day. They celebrated the 08, the 10th anniversary of the 08 World Series, but they also had all the other alumni and, and Wall of Fame people. Saturday, they inducted Roy Halladay and, and Pat Gillick into their Wall of Fame. But Sunday, they, they brought out all the, the alumni that were there. And you know who got brought out, Greg? Kurt Schilling. No, he didn't. Mark Leiter, senior. <laughs> Your guy. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah, got brought out. Mike Schmidt came out to big applause. So, I mean... Fun weekend, and you know they uh, they honored the alumni right. The uh, Shane Victorino retirement night Friday night was pretty awesome to see. So happiness all around. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. What I laughed at the flying Hawaiian. I, I, I mean, he won. He won a World Series with the Red Sox. I have no reason. I have no reason to laugh at him. So I got a question for you on the Phillies, Greg. All right. How excited are you that Pat Neshack is back? I hate him so much. Why? He's got a .79 ERA and a whip less than one. He's a great pitcher. Because that's stupid. (laughs) Stupid, 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 stupid windup. How can you go go around on a day-to-day basis and, like, be proud of the way that you look when you pitch the ball? What the sidearm? Yeah, looks like a clown. It's a clown question, bro. No, that's Bryce Harper. <laughs> Tim Stano did that for the Berkshire baseball team. Remember Tim Stano? I do, but no one else listening does. <laughs> Paul doesn't listen. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Maybe he does. You're right. Good, good. Paul. Quick shout out. Quick shout out to Paulie P. Uh, no, but I, I just want to fuck with you that because you never re- responded to me tagging you on the Thunderblog Instagram on Friday. That nice oh, boomerang. I worked really hard to get that boomerang timed right. That was perfect. And I and this, for those who don't know, the stories that uh, that happen when anytime anyone from Thunderblog goes to any game are unbelievable. But uh, yeah, like I I didn't respond, Jordy, because I didn't I didn't deem. Nishek. You were just fuming so badly. Is that why? Team Nishek's stupid release as as worthy of my time. Plus, he came in and pitched a, a perfect inning against the Red Sox, so I was still salty about that. Yeah, you. Uh, the texts I got from you were pretty great. Um, <laughs> but let's move on. Let's do some top players of the week. Let's start with the batters. You want to start NL or AL? Um, up to you. We always we always do NL. We always do AL first. Let's switch it up. All right, you want to do NL? Sure. So I'm going to go with Andrew McCutcheon, a guy who was seemingly going to be sent out of San Francisco, 
but the guy last week batted 440 uh, with an on-base percentage of over 500, 517, a slugging percentage of 720. Uh, he had two homers, three RBIs, uh, he walked three times, had a double. So, I mean, a good week for him. The, the Giants are still hanging around there. They are above 500, even though their their uh, run differential is pretty shitty. But I mean, they just really they just need that offense to really start to get going. And it, some of the players on their team are starting to find the uh, the bat to the ball. So if that keeps going up and they get some guys back from the from the uh, DL, they they could find that they could find themselves hanging around in that NL West slash wild card race, even more so. I mean. Yeah, good pick. Uh, I'm going to go with the guy you mentioned earlier, Matt Carpenter from the St. Louis Cardinals. Good pick. Uh, thank you, Jordy. Four home runs, uh, seven RBIs, scored seven runs himself, one stolen base, hit uh, 423 with a 1.5 OPS. So uh, on a team that, as we mentioned, needs now more than ever their top guys to step up and and really start carrying the load here, uh, especially carrying that pitching. Matt Carpenter certainly uh, helping the case, despite not wearing any batting gloves, uh, certainly helping the case. No, it's a good pick. I like it a lot. Thanks, Jordy. No. Want to move uh, over to the AL? Yeah, I mean, do you have an honorable mention for the National League? Uh, the other one, I, I kind of alluded to it. Evan Longoria batted 393. He had two homers, three ribbies. Uh, he scored five runs himself, so he he definitely is hanging around there. But uh, was, those Giants can can really get it going. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be fun for them. Yeah, I was gonna go with Trevor Story, who had four home runs and eleven RBIs this week. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, the uh, the Colorado Rockies. Yeah, decided to go with Matt Carpenter. So, anyways, uh, American League, Jordy, who you got? I'm gonna go with my boy Jose Ramirez. Nice, right, great pick. Four fifty-five in the last seven days batting. Uh, an OPS of nearly four of 1.5, 1.493, homers, eight ribbies, three stolen bases, 10 hits on 22 ABs, four walks on four strikeouts. The guy is a machine, two doubles, no triples, unfortunately. So no uh, weak cycle for him, but awesome, awesome week from him. He's definitely leading the way for that team uh, and sort of a uh, underrated potential finalist for uh MVP is definitely not the MVP of the American League, but he'd be a guy that gets thrown up there as a runner-up. He's getting himself into the batting title conversation as well. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. He's having a great season for the Pirelli Smashers. Um, <laughs> Shout out of Fantasy League. <laughs> great uh, great pick, Jordy. Oh, of course. Who you got? Uh, this was a tough one. Uh, I have a couple good honorable mentions, so I'm interested to see who you got. Yeah, I've, I'm choosing between my heart and uh, – in actuality here. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm going to go Rug Negro Door. I'll, I'll pick I'll – pick, uh, yeah, I'm going to go Rug Negro Door. Um, four home runs, 10 RBIs, uh, 304 for the, for the Texas Rangers. Um, pretty good week for him in, in, a, in a team that uh, not a lot – has not a lot of great, uh, great shine, if you will, all season. And a team sure. that's – bottom of the pack there but they their winners are seven of their last ten um a team that if they weren't bottom i was going to give them the hot team of the week obviously the red sox uh took precedent but a team that uh split with the diamondbacks um three out of four from the orioles and they swept the houston astros and our door was a huge reason 
as to why uh, that happened. So sure, I'm gonna go out on a limb. Yeah, I'm you know uh, sticking with it. Uh, honorable mention, Jordy. Who you got? I've got two guys. I've Whit Merrifield from the Kansas City Royals yeah. and Jose Abreu of the Chicago White Sox. Two guys that uh, their names are getting floated around towards the trade deadline. Could still get moved but doing themselves a favor of having some good weeks, both uh, above 450 in terms of batting average, hit a couple homers themselves. So, um, you know, I mean, these guys are good options for power. Merrifield's a fast guy. He has 25 stolen bases on the season. So if they make trades, I mean, you're getting a, a guys floating around 30. Merrifield's 29 and uh, Abreu is 31. So you can see some potential uh, usage there. I don't know how long their contracts are still going, but if if they do get traded for it, it doesn't seem like it now. It looks like that those names have been really uh, fallen, you know, fallen through the uh, the cracks, but and and sort of off the table. But who knows? We could see it, and it could be uh, could be interesting there. Yeah, uh, Steve Pierce, hundred percent. My honorable mention. Uh, yeah, it's a good one. That's four really months, eight RBIs. Uh, 308 unreal series versus the Yankees um, just launched three home runs in one game and followed it up the next day with uh, another home run. So really the guy that got to Sabathia and really the reason why the, the Red Sox were able to finally uh, break through against him. So had to be uh that was the hard pick as well. Um, yeah. Another honorable mention for the national league, Javi Baez, three homers, seven ribbies, four 17 average. Oh, I thought for sure you're going to go Trevor story. No, you meant well. You mentioned Trevor Story before. I was just adding on to, oh, to okay. more. All right, yeah, perfect. Yeah. Jordy, right. My, my favorite segment. Yes, my favorite segment. Hit me with it. Uh, American League Pitcher of the Week. Uh, I'm going to go with starting pitcher for the first time. I know we've added on a bullpen pitcher, so that's awesome. Uh, so I'm going to go starting pitcher. I'm going to go Rick Porcello, nine and guy. Yep, one win, nine Ks, uh, one run through 84 pitches, retired the last, like, 20 batters in a row, 21 batters in a row, something crazy like that after his home run, um, only through 85 pitches against the Yankees and their prolific offense. So it has to be him, Um, Ricky Porchlight, as some people call him. but uh, Ricky Porchlight, all right. For me, it has to be him. Who you got? American League. I'm going to go with James Paxton of the Seattle Mariners. Nice. Uh, 1.93 ERA over 14 innings, a 0.86 whip, 15 Ks. Uh, he did go one and one on the week. So, uh, you know, a, a good one for him. He he let up a number of hits, but only three runs. So, you know, a, a good week for him. And we mentioned before that pitching staff has been meh, very meh. So, Nah. If you have a guy like that, especially with an, an okay season from King Felix, um, you can definitely get a lot of action out of him. Mike Leak was up there as well, but he's let up a number of runs. Uh, but if you can get your starters eating innings like the Seattle Mariners are starting to, they could see that that ship get righted and, and find themselves on the other side of the Oakland Athletics. I love it. My honorable mention would be uh, Edwin Jackson from those Oakland Athletics. Yep. Is why I jumped into it. Um, two wins on the week, uh, 8K, zero earned runs. Um, Trevor Cahill, too. Yeah, so good for them, good for good for Oakland and those pitchers and uh, both them having great uh, great weeks. So, Jordy, National League, pitcher of the week, who you got? I'm going to go with 
John Gray of the Colorado Rockies, 15 innings pitched, 15.1 to be specific, a whip of 0.78 and an ERA of 1.76. Definitely a guy who's always up there for the better pitchers of the Colorado Rockies. So nice to see him uh, having himself a great week. And those those Rockies definitely uh, are right in the thick of it. We kind of keep glossing over them, but if you can get those, starting pitchers to really lock down like that or at least get a couple here and there uh it's certainly going to help you out yeah jordy uh i'm gonna go tommy hunter oh you're jumping right into the bullpen guys. well this is my national league guy not my bullpen guy tommy hunter is a uh he's a he's a bullpen guy no i know but i'm cheating and i'm doing he's my national league guy and i'm gonna have someone else for my bullpen guy ah okay tommy hunter uh Made four appearances in the last seven days. Uh, one win, one save, one K, one hold, and zero earned runs with a whip of uh, .46. So really did it all for the Phillies uh, in terms of a hold, a save, a win. Sort of got everything. Yeah, I mentioned the fact that Gabe Kapler will rotate through who gets in when. Uh, Hunter had the save yesterday, so he got that. Uh, there and I think he got the win on on Mikhail Franco's or M- Michael Franco, excuse me, uh, his walk off home run on Thursday. I think that's when he got a win. But he's definitely really turned a corner. It was something where he's got he got a good amount of money from the Phillies coming out of uh, the previous po- uh, off season. So he had himself a very shaky, really first half of the year and turned it around in July. And we, we've definitely seen that come up. So happy with him right now, but. Still a collective hold your breath moment when he comes into the game because it could turn like that, or at least it seemed that way. Yes, great pick. Uh, Jordy, bullpen guy, do you want me to go first since I have it a teed up? No, uh, yeah, if you have a teed up, go right away. Uh, so mine's going to be the closer from the San Francisco Giants. Do you know what his name is, Jordy? Um, it's it's it, okay if you don't. I don't. I'll give you a hint. He gets jiggy with it. Is it Will Smith? Will Smith. That's fucking great. Nice. That's, I mean, <laughs> three appearances, one win, two saves, seven Ks, zero earned runs with a .30 whip. Uh, great, great last seven days for him. Great first name and last name. Will, or great name in general, Will Smith. And I'm pretty sure, if I have it correctly, I'm pretty sure he's a redhead. I'm pretty sure he's a ginger. So, ah, uh, nice. Having a great, uh, having a great, um, season this year, Jordy, and guess where he went to college? The Bel Air University? The school, the, nice. The school that was uh, most recently nicknamed Dunk U or... or... Oh, uh, Florida Gulf Coast? Yeah. Didn't Chris Sale go there? He did. Yeah. So, uh, Jordy, who's your bullpen guy of the week? Will Smith uh, is taken. Uh, i'm gonna go with fernando rodney of the minnesota twins a team that definitely sold and they're they're pretty far out i mean they need to make a bit of a run to get themselves back into the race um i mean they are 52 and 58 they're six games under 500 they're uh 11 games behind the mariners for the third place in the wild card race and and they're right now behind the rays and the angels so Seeing a guy like Rodney, who's a little older, uh, we've seen him with a number of different teams throughout his career. 
Um, Hank, seeing him perform well is, is good to see. Um, but, you know, got to give credit when it's due. He had four appearances, two saves, a win, five Ks, uh, a whip of two because he let up four hits and four walks. So he definitely put himself into uh, some positions of trouble, but no earned runs coming across the board. So got to give credit where it's due. Yeah, Jordy, great choice. Um, my honorable mention is a guy who's from Philadelphia. He was actually drafted by the Phillies in 2010. Oh, yeah, this is a good pick. He is currently on the Atlanta Braves. Jesse Biddle. Uh, yeah, he, made his, he made his pro his pro debut against the Phillies as a Brave. That's awesome. Yeah. Even more. He's, he's now helping the Braves chase down said Phillies uh, and, and maybe catch them. But one save, two Ks, three holds. Zero earned runs uh, for the for the last seven days. Um, great week for him. Um, great week for the Braves. Uh, Jordy, any honorable mentions, or should we move on? He was going to be one of mine. Um, just a, just a a couple to kind of just be wary of uh, the Rockies and their bullpen. We've mentioned it before. They don't they don't have the best bullpen out there. Um, Adam. Adovino, not a good week for him. And a number number of other guys out of their bullpen having just kind of shaky weeks. Wade Davis, Jake McGee. Um, both of them have ERAs above 20, just because of how the math works. Uh, one I did want to mention, he's not an honorable mention. It's dishonorable. Matt Albers of the Milwaukee Brewers, who pitched 1.1 innings in three appearances, uh, let up seven earned runs, and Greg, that's an ERA of forty-seven point two five. So great week from you, Matt. Former former Red Sox. Is he? Former Red Sox. Back Very in the nice. Day. I mean, there's a reason why they got rid of him. Yeah. Jordy. Um, also got to mention Zach Duke, who went over to the Mariners, and he hasn't made a huge impact yet, but he could be an awesome addition for them. Great choice. Huh. Great choice, Jordy. That concludes the player segment. Uh, what's the next? Uh, let's go over to Stadium Snacks, the fan favorite segment. Um, I did want to mention I'm going to be appearing on the Full Belly Laughs podcast next week. I know the interview. I'm recording the interview on Tuesday, but um, I don't know when it's going to drop. So I'll keep you posted on that. But what very is, excited for it. What is Full Belly Laughs? It is a Philadelphia local podcast. Um, talking about food, so I'm going to be debating stadium snacks and all that good stuff. I don't want to give too much away, so I'll be sure to let you guys know about that. But stadium I mean, snacks for us. Are you going to drop uh, your favorite stadium snack? I am, or I'm going to try to. But tell lemonade and a peanuts. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, we're doing just at Citizens Bank Park because it's uh, <laughs> really local. But I'll uh, if I get a chance to drop. Dell's lemonade. I'll try to, but Greg, do you have anything in the stadium snacks corner of the world for me? While I pull mine back up, Jordy, do I have anything for you? Come on. All right, let's hear it. So I don't know if you've heard of this. Okay. But it, it's a pulled pork pierogi stacker at PNC Park, which is where the Pirates play. Okay. Okay. So pierogies on it, caramelized onions, pulled pork, obviously, with like a pretzel-type bun. Okay. We got to ask your boy, Jared, 
sorry, uh, what's his name? Yeah, Jared. Uh, yeah, Jared about us. It. it also has some onion jam, like a jam of onion on it. It looks so delicious. Uh, and Pittsburgh apparently is a big Polish neighbor, Polish uh, place. Oh, big, big, big Polish town. <laughs> Which I never knew. So uh, for me, Have it's you ever been to Pittsburgh? Uh, to play hockey. I've never like been there for fun. Oh, you gotta go. They have very good food there. They have a place called Permani Brothers. Uh, it's really good sandwiches. They put French fries on the sandwich. Very good. Whoa. Uh, yeah. and my, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, you want mine? Well, I have an honorable mention, but I didn't want to take yours in case it was the same. Okay. Well, I'm going to go with just a, it's simple snack, but it looks pretty good. And I actually had a version of this over the weekend. Uh, they're called the Gilroy Garlic Fries, and they're from AT&T Park out mm. in San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, they're just French fries with uh, – I don't know if there's any kind of truffle oil, but I would assume there might be because it's topped with minced garlic and parsley. Uh, just a really good – if you ever had garlic fries before, just a really good snack. And if you're having a beer out of the game, while your breath might smell terrible afterwards, uh, definitely a good way to kind of complement the beer. Um, I had some garlic fries over the weekend. They were pretty fucking great. So it just reminds me of my uh, experiences from this weekend. Not at Citizens Bank Park while I was playing golf, but um, you know, definitely, a, definitely a good snack and definitely something good to just munch on while while you're uh, you know hanging out at a baseball game, especially in San Francisco. Did have chicken fingers and fries at Citizens Bank Park. Should mention that, but you know, that's a it's a pretty good go to and and very delicious. Great choice. Um, I, I mean, like I said, uh, well, I've said it before. Um, I could listen to you describe food and just hear that voice on repeat, the golden voice that is yours, and you'll have to tell me when you're on that pause so I can just listen to you talk about voice and stadium snacks at, at, at Citizens Bank Park because, man, oh, man, Jordy, the, can you describe some food? I try, man. You know, I mean, I'm a bigger <laughs> guy for a reason. I love it. Um, yeah. So my audible mentor was going to be a s'mores bacon on a stick at City Field, which is where the Mets play. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's bacon, um, pork belly, wrapped in or dunked in chocolate, and then rolled in crushed graham cracker and marshmallow. Oh, my now, God. Yeah, I mean, it sounds delicious. I just want to. I just want to try everything about that. Um, obviously, it's probably a little unhealthy, but uh, <laughs> quite frankly, when you <laughs> when you're at a ball game, are you really going for health? No, not at all. That's the that's the be uh, the beauty of it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. All right, Jordy, what's next? So we got bleacher creatures, and I have a couple good ones. Bleacher uh, creature. The first one is a literal bleacher creature. It's a guy who went to Wrigley Field this weekend dressed. He's a Padres fan. The Padres were there playing the Cubbies. He was dressed as a Padre, Greg. Uh-oh. Wore the robes and everything. Looked like a maester from Game of Thrones. Uh-oh. This guy got a ton of, of airtime. It looks like just from the video on the Padres game on the Padres, you know, broadcast. But this guy sitting up near like the chain link fence at the top of the stands. Every time a foul ball would get hit towards him, he'd go crazy about it. There's a gif of him seeing AJ Ellis, Padres player, blast a foul ball 
out of the stadium. So just, just foul, but it would have been a home run. He goes ape shit. He flies up with his hands up as if they just won the World Series. Guy <laughs> has this bushy, almost like carrot top, but blonde type haircut. Yikes. And at one point, he he, he does the finger guns and blows his finger, like blowing the smoke off the gun. Guy's a fucking riot, but the robes make the whole thing. It's fantastic. And the two guys behind him are eating it up. I love it. I love it. I did not see that, but I got to see it now. Yeah. Do you have one, or do you want me to go to my second? I don't have one outside of – actually, I do have one. Okay. My bleacher creature um, would be the greatest quarterback of all time, the GOAT, if you will. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tom Brady had his birthday this past week. Yeah. And Belichick and the Patriots, they're getting along so well that Belichick gave them – Two days off. Oh. For his birthday. That's two more than he normally lets off, right? Uh, two days mean, off. It, Belichick is, is blaming the new rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we all know the real reason. Oh, uh, I wanted to ask you. I saw an image of Bill Belichick smiling at a Red Sox game. Are you worried that now that the preseason's officially started that he's already smiling? No, because he was watching the Red Sox absolutely destroy the Yankees and – Belichick knows that uh, Belichick would rather have the Red Sox winning and and the focus be on something else other than how great his team is. So if the Red Sox are winning, that means that if the Patriots lose one or two games, uh, everyone's going to be down, which is only going to help fuel his fire and fuel his his team's fire to win uh, and go to the Super Bowl for three straight years, which is unheard of. Um, you know, talk about a team that and a, and a guy in a franchise that has sustained. A winning culture forever and is always, always, always there. So, um, not concerned, no, Jordy. Um, I had to ask. I had to ask. But yeah, what's your second bleacher creature? So my second one has both a literal bleacher creature, but also our name in it. Did you see the newest member of the Arizona Diamondbacks, or one of the newer ones? He got acquired at the trade deadline. Jake Diekman, former Philly, got traded from the Rangers to the Diamondbacks. And it was one of those rare trades where the team that you're getting traded from is visiting the team that you're trading team you're getting traded to. You know, it happened to Ichiro when he got traded from the Mariners to the Yankees. Like, what was that, five years ago? Yeah. This happened to Jake Diekman. And do you know how he got his stuff from the Rangers locker room to the Diamondbacks locker room? Mm, oh, um, I do, but refresh my memory. Yeah, so Greg actually went out and saw it, put up, a, gave us a nice picture to put up on the Instagram. But the Arizona Diamondbacks mascot, which looks like it's some sort of wildcat. I don't know if this is the Arizona, University of Arizona wildcat coming wearing a D-backs jersey or not and why they don't have a snake snake uh, mascot. But anyway, he drives their actual bullpen cart to come grab Jake Diekman, who looks like a cowboy about to corral some Diamondbacks. Uh, wearing the boots and everything and a cowboy hat. But he comes and gets those stuff, throws on the bullpen card, and drives them over the locker room. That's awesome. Yeah. It looks like they're holding hands at one point. I think they're just shaking hands. This still image is, uh, I think, frozen at the wrong time. Need a little GIF action so I can see the... And not that holding hands is a bad thing, but it's a weird hold hand motion. So I think they're trying to shake hands. No, I mean, it's great because, I mean, how often, if ever, do you... Do you get traded to the team you're playing that same day? And and to be fair, I mean, he doesn't. Really, he, his team was 
the Tigers were visiting the Diamondbacks, so he the, had the Rangers. A, Rangers. Sorry, they were visiting the Diamondbacks, so he had a travel bag ready to go. Um, so he already had clothes, you know, for the next week or so, and I'm sure the rest will be uh, sent to him. So um, I don't know. Well, it's 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 a very rare sight to see, and and I'm glad that the bullpen gar- cart. Got some use uh, another day. Yeah, and the the best part is the last sentence of the cut four, which is one of the blogs on MLB.com. The article ends, that's another reason why the bullpen cart's the best. So I'm glad, uh, credit to us. (laughs) So go us. Credit to us always, Jordy. That's Uh, right there. Yeah, exactly. But let's wrap things up, or at least the baseball portion. Um and we can plug some some stuff at the very end. But uh, upcoming schedule, uh, we got some some good matchups coming up during the week and, and definitely during the weekend as well. Uh, we'll start during the week. Greg, do you want to start or do you want me to start? Um, yeah, I want to see the Dodgers and the Athletics. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, two teams that uh... – sorry, I just getting the charger from my computer. Two teams – that uh, are right there in it, playoff teams, um, definitely going to be there in the end and, and or in the playoffs, I should say, and or, well, maybe with the athletics, but two teams that uh, need to win and, and need not to be swept so or need to sweep in order to keep pace or, or take a more commanding lead. So uh, that's what I'm looking out for during the week. Uh, Jordy, what do you got? So I have to mention the Phillies. They're playing the Diamondbacks starting tonight. I mentioned it before, but just got to mention it again. But selfishly, what I'm going to pick to look out for is the Atlanta Braves visiting the Washington Nationals for a four-game series. Uh, definitely a ton of implications on how this series goes. Go Nets! Uh, yeah, and the well, the Mets almost really helped out the Phillies and nearly taking two or three from Atlanta over the weekend. But depending on how this goes, uh, the Washington Nationals could find themselves further out of the division. The Braves could slip a little bit and the Nationals could claw their way back. Um, you know, a lot of different stuff is in the mix there. And, you know, it's four games, so a lot going on. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm looking out for Wednesday. Uh, Harvey in the Mets. Harvey versus the Mets. Harvey in the Reds. Yeah, that's a, that's a good, um, Mets, good but... single game to look out for. Yeah, for sure. But the yeah. funniest is that on, on the ESPN, like upcoming, and it shows like schedule and it shows every single game and it shows pitching matchups. It still says, undecided versus Jacob Degrom. Yeah, well he's still I think he's he's penciled in, I believe. According Greg, we, according to ESPN, we could go to this game for as low as $3. That's Should awesome. we go? I mean, get Stevie G, let's go. 12-10 game. Let's do it. I'm in. I yeah. mean, accor- according to my roommate, there's a there's a good chance it's going to be him. Nice. Let's go, uh, baby. Jordy, since I went first for the weekend, uh why not for the week first? during the week? For the weekend. I went first for the week. Why don't you go first for the weekend? Yeah, I'm going to look at the Seattle Mariners visiting the Ooh. Houston Astros. Great. Um, yeah, definitely a, a big one there. The Astros are very good at home. We mentioned that before. Mariners trying to hold on in that wild card area. So if they can make some, you know, make some waves there, uh, they could find themselves really in a good position to, to claw their way back. They're mentioning the, they're playing the Rangers. Uh, during this week, so we'll see how all of that goes. Uh, so we, the, you know, it could be a, a make it or break it weekend for the Mariners. Yeah, I love it. Um, 
And with with Oakland playing the Angels, it, it it's even bigger that they that they do well against Houston. So exactly. Uh, my matchup for the weekend will be the Milwaukee Brewers and the Atlanta Braves at the Atlanta. I like that. So uh, it's funny because I'm pretty sure the Red Sox go to Atlanta soon. Um, so the Red Sox could help out the Phillies coming up soon for you, Jordy. But well, they come to they come to Philly next week, next Tuesday. Yeah, no, I know that, but I'm mm-hmm. saying I'm pretty sure they go to Atlanta soon as well. So probably right after. Um, yes, Milwaukee going to Atlanta is a huge series. Um, both teams, especially uh, the Brewers, uh, who I don't want to say need the win more than than the Braves. Um, but the Milwaukee Brewers have more wins technically than the Chicago Cubs. But they have they, more wins than the Phillies too. They yeah, have more losses. Right, they just have more losses. Exactly. So they have three more losses than the Cubs, but they also have one more win. So they definitely need. I would argue they need to win more than the Braves do, um, just in terms of their own personal record and division. So, and and as we mentioned, a team that made a lot of moves to get better. So I'm gonna. That's my series to look out for for the weekend. No, it's definitely a good one. I mean, it's weird because they've played so few games comparatively comparatively to everyone else. They played three less than the Phillies. They've played three less than the than or they played more than that, less than that. They've played seven Ooh. less than the Brewers, the Braves. Oh, yeah. So they definitely there's a lot up in the air with them. But with that comes the potential for a lot of fatigued uh, or fatigue. Um, I mean, in terms of the Phillies and the and the Braves race itself, it's not going to come to a head until the very end of the season. So it's it's definitely something where both teams either need to help themselves or hurt themselves because they're not going to, you know, they play the Nationals, they play the Mets, the Phillies play the Mets a lot, but it's it's definitely going to be interesting and in, in how it goes. And, and having to play more games, seven more games than a team that you're, what, technically a game and a half behind because they're the Brewers are technically tied with the Phillies in terms of uh, games back and all that sort of stuff. So they're a game and a half back of the Brewers, um, you know, and, and oh, so many games back of the Dodgers. But, yeah, they're they're right there and they're a game and a half back of the Phils and it'll be interesting to see how it all goes for them. So no, definitely and, a, a good stretch coming up here for the the Bravos. Yeah, and just looking at the schedule just so I can see when the Red Sox play, it's not until September, but uh, okay. on my face. But they do have a random, you know, a day out they're supposed to have. Now they have to play the Cubs uh for yeah. cup game. So they have they have a couple a couple uh like you mentioned, like straight, straight series, but this schedule is looking pretty easy. I mean, they play Milwaukee, which will be tough, and Washington's tough. But then Miami, Pittsburgh, Miami, Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh, Boston, Arizona, San Francisco, St. Louis, and then Philly, the Mets, and Philly to end the season. So it's it's somewhat easy until the end of September. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely uh, if you've saved a lot out of your your National League games. Uh, you know, a lot of those lower level teams like the Phillies by the Padres this weekend, they get six more games against, against Miami. I mentioned how much they have to play the Mets. They still have 11 games to play against the Mets. So they're in a similar position where really both of these teams could have some pretty high records coming into those last seven of their last 11 games for the Phillies. Um, I don't know if it's seven, of the last 10 for the Braves, but still seven, seven games at the very end of the, of the season is, you know, they could be right neck and neck, and it, or it could be four games out, and it could decide everything. It's it's definitely not going to be over until it's over, which is nice. It's 
the major league baseball did nearly what the big 12 always tries to do with their scheduling inadvertently. I love it. Jordy. Greg. Over under Red Sox end the season. They're at 34 losses right now. Yeah. Over under 52. Ooh. So that would be 18 losses and how many have, games? I think there's 40 games left, I think. Just over 40 games for them. Doing the math. They've played, what, 113 games? So they have well, they have 49 games left. Yeah. Like I said. So they need, a, they need to go 18 and 31. Uh, I'm gonna go over just because that's a eighteen. That, that's not right. Eighteen and thirty-one does not equal forty-nine. That does eighteen plus three-one. Are you saying uh, you're saying they have to lose? They have to lose thirty-one games to get. No, they have to win. No, they have to lose 30, 34 plus eighteen is fifty-two. The number you just gave me. They have forty-nine games left. They have to lose eighteen. Is what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, that's like that's. I mean, I guess their record's higher than that, so they, in theory, should be under. But that's still – I need to look at their schedule to, to give you a solid for the over-under. Let's pull this up. I'm going to say over right now, but I'm going to do a quick perusing of their schedule. Right. Uh, Red Sox have to play the Mets. they got to play the Astros, the no, Indians. No, you're saying under. You're saying under. I'm saying over. I think they lose, like, 55. Oh shit! You think they lose more than eighteen? I mean, games? I guess you're playing. You're playing Toronto, Baltimore, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, Miami, Chicago. All right, I'll. I'm gonna say over just so we can have something to a little gentleman's agreement going <laughs> through this. Now, I'm going way under. I say they only lose two more games for the rest of the season. If if not one, and they beat the best record ever, <laughs> don't they? They need only lose like fifteen games to beat the best record ever, don't they? I thought the Cubs, the Cubs were like one sixteen and thirty six. No, oh, you're right. They didn't win one sixteen. I was thinking one thirteen. Um, so yeah, they need to lose twelve games to tie that record. No, the th- thirty six losses. So, but that's the best. But the 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 Seattle Mariners were forty six losses. 116 and 46 in 2001 under Lou Pinella. The 98 Yankees, 114 and 48. Um, Is that, are those the two best? Well, no, the best would be the 1906 Cubs, which was 116 and 36. Oh, so when they played 152 games? Right. Oh, okay. So 116 and 46. The most amount of wins ever was 116. So let's go there. Yeah. Get over 116. So that'd be 116 and 46. You only lose 12 games for the rest of the year. I do not think you get that. That would tie the 2001 Seattle Mariners. Yeah, I do not think you get that. What about... Uh, you could. What about, what about, what about, Looking what, at the what, schedule, what, it's possible. I just think that's tough. Oh, 100%. 100%. I, think it's, I think you'd rather not get it and save some of the energy. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, we're all dreaming. Or at yeah. least I'm dreaming, but uh, it's a good question. No, it's definitely a good question. It's definitely a good one to watch instead of are the Phillies in last place like last year? (laughs) (laughs) We had Giancarlo watch and the Phillies. Yeah, Giancarlo watch and the Phillies watch last year. I love it. Well, no, it's it's, they got Toronto, Baltimore, Philly, Tampa Bay, 
Cleveland will be tough. Tampa Bay, Miami, the White Sox, Atlanta will be tough. Houston will be tough. Toronto, the Mets, the Yankees, the Indians, Baltimore, and the Yankees. So there is a lot of – like they play Baltimore a bunch, Tampa Bay a bunch. There's a lot of winnable series yeah. out there. Uh, it's crazy that on this ESPN thing it has – Home games for the Red Sox because nobody wants to see the fucking Orioles at nine dollars, nine dollars, and eight dollars for the very end of the season. <laughs> it's because there's tickets still available in the bleachers, yeah. but then the Yankees are seventy six dollars. <laughs> yeah, exactly, because people want to see the Yankees. Anyway, let's get right. to it, Jordy. What's next? Well, so just to wrap things up, just wanted to mention we are starting to get into preseason football coverage for both college football and the NFL. Uh, look out for podcasts there. I want to try to talk to Matty D and get one out this week. I'm not sure if it's going to be for college or pro, but we are going to try to get a number of them out there. We're still hammering out how many we want to do. Greg, hopefully we can get you on for an NFL one, talking to a few other people to get on for the others. So everybody keep an eye out for that. As always, make sure you go to thunderblogsports.com, read all of our blogs. I'm going to try to get out more blogs per day. I know I did kind of a weird job in July, kind of a wacky month for me there but definitely going to try to keep pumping it out um but yeah very excited for the sports world to liven up again august is always kind of a weird month uh but preseason football is three days away or really i guess it already started but real pre or the full preseason slate so you get some action there yeah pitchers play thursday yeah i think i, I think they moved it to that everybody plays thursdays now for for the preseason um, cause I used to have like random Saturday games and all that shit, but I think they just decided might as well just throw random Thursday night games on, but you know, we'll see how it all goes. Well, you figure more, more people can go to weekend, uh, training camp. Now they're making yeah, that's a good point. Training camps, you know, yeah. 40,000 people showing up at the link yesterday, Greg, for the open practice for the Eagles. Oh my God. I'm so, I can't wait for the season start just to be done hearing like, Yes, uh, congratulations for winning the Super Bowl. Nice job to the Philadelphia Eagles. But, I mean, Jesus Christ, guys. Like, <laughs> I've never – like, act like you've been there before. We haven't. That's everybody the- everybody flaunted into Philadelphia fans' faces for 51 years that we had never been there before. So, the act like you've been there before is null and void. It's null and void. I mean, yeah, but literally the Phillies won a World Series, what? Five years ago? Ten years ago. We just, we went over this during the podcast, the 10-year anniversary. <laughs> we went over that the Eagles beating the Falcons was the first time a Philadelphia team advanced in a round of the playoffs since 2012. We were hungry. Hungry city. Oh hungry God. dogs run faster. I mean, Brian, Brian Dawkins literally just got inducted into the Hall of Fame, and you're out here talking about how many people showed up to – a fucking open practice. Yeah. It was a big weekend for the city of Philadelphia. Yeah, Brian Dawkins, Phillies alumni weekend, open practice, Foles chance going everywhere because we Brian, stole that from Minnesota who stole it from Iceland. Brian, Brian Dawkins is literally one of the greatest, probably the greatest Eagle of all time. Can we, can we also remember the, I think it's Madden 08, the opening that had Brian Dawkins, can you feel that, that thing beating in your chest? That was the first word you hear, like as they're like getting like the theme song pumping up. Do you remember that? Yeah, seriously. This that guy, all the time in high school. This guy, yes, hundred percent. This guy, Brian Dawkins, was one of the best. Oh yeah, the best. 
Yeah, I mean... Anyway. Weapon X, baby. And you're out here talking about fucking... Pra- uh, I, can't about I, can't, I can't even. I can't even. All right. So I'll wrap it up. Greg, thank you as always. Uh, Jordy, it was a pleasure. I can't wait. Looking forward to it. Uh, excited to see some of the uh, the um, big you know college football stuff um, and all that other stuff coming down the pipe. So oh, yeah. pumped for that. Yeah. Um, that is Jordy, remember to go subscribe. Five stars only. Thunder BLG on Twitter, Thunderblog Sports on Instagram and Facebook, thunderblogsports.com. Find all of our good blogs, all our pods. Thank you so much, Greg. We will be back. Thank you so much for downloading this weekend. Go, Phils. Go, Sox. Boo.